Thank you, Julie. I want to mention, um, Pastor Gary is gone today, and if you are a visitor here, please uh, fill out the, um, um, the contact paper on your, it's not the word, communication card, and, and let us know that uh, you may be looking for a, a church family. I sure have found a, a good family here at Grace, and uh, very proud to be here, and uh, part of the evangelism team that um, d- does the reaching out uh, into our uh, church family, but also in our, um, in our city and the surrounding areas. I have put a, a bunch more of our posters, our, our yard signs up. Uh, the ground is thawed, and if you'd like to add one to your front yard and show where your hope lies um, in your life, um, I'm happy to let you uh, take those. They're free, uh, provided by our church. Uh, evangelism also goes into the compassion uh, um, effort we have today and uh, this summer um, with our outdoor concert that we are uh, working toward. If any of you would like to be part of our evangelism team, please see me or um, uh, anyone from our team. Jen Ling back at the board is uh, part of our team. And um, uh, you all know um, Jen and Andy um, Mercier. They're a part, Jen is part of it. And uh, Holly Cuso, too, can direct you in the right direction. If you know me at all, and uh, you are part of uh, Via Cristo, we always say pray first, pray last, pray always. So if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to pray for a blessing on this talk today. I've already done it, but I, I just feel like... Uh, Pray first, pray last, pray always. If you wouldn't mind praying with me, just one quick one. Uh, our gracious Lord, I just thank you for this day, and I pray, Lord, that um, you bring forth the words that people need to hear. And I pray, Lord, that uh, what is on uh, our hearts today uh, also enters the hearts of, uh, of this congregation. And I pray, Lord, that they may be seeds uh, that grow a strong root, and will become fruit for you uh, in the days to come. Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So Josh uh, read a a couple verses for us. And uh, if you don't know Josh Went, uh, he's a rather new person here at our church and become, uh, uh, he's very talented and become uh, uh, quite valuable to our church already, singing in the choir and uh, uh, speaking for us here, and I'm sure it won't be long once Pastor Gary gets to know him. He'll be up here delivering a message. Uh, anyway, thank you, Josh. I pray that you come to know Jesus' great commission and what it means for us today. Jesus gave his power and authority so that we could complete his mission. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. This week, my wife Barbara showed me a post from a um, a social media. And in it, it ponders the thief on the cross, 
next to Jesus. The thief was never baptized, never went to church, never had communion, confirmation, never volunteered to help people, never gave a penny to God's kingdom, never saw or read a Bible or heard God's words. He was a thief. He was on the cross. He couldn't bend his knees to pray. He couldn't fold his hands. Yet, that same day, he would be with Jesus in paradise. What are we missing here? How does the thief gain salvation? And why, in the other verse Josh read, was the wedding guest thrown out of the wedding feast? Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What did the thief do? He said, Do you not even fear God? And Jesus, remember me when you are in your kingdom. He defended Christ before the other criminals and the soldiers and anyone else who could hear. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Romans 10, 9 through 10. For, and the wedding guest, why was he not in wedding clothes? We learn in Revelation 19, 8 that as the bride of Christ, we are given clothing of fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. The wedding guest never knew Jesus as Lord, never believed that God raised him from the dead. We've been doing an Easter cantata, and it's fresh in my mind. We just did it again Friday night. And in it, I got emotional. Every time we sang the part, clothed in righteousness, robed in glory, robed in glory, Jesus dresses us in his robe of righteousness. So we are perfect and complete before the Father in heaven. What a beautiful blessing. Matthew 10, 32 through 33, Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But anyone who denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. How are we doing with sharing our faith? Have you ever told anyone about your faith and hope in God? I have a friend who has a great heart for Christ. And he knows the Bible so very well but he told me he's chicken to share God with others. If you are like my friend, afraid to start that discussion, please, you can begin today 
You can sponsor a child and write your hope in God, your love for him, how he has changed you and made your life better in a letter to a child. You're not just saving a child, you're also saving your own life. Always pray, ask the Holy Spirit for help. For authority has been given to Jesus in heaven and on earth. And he is with us until the end of the age, and he will help us. In fact, if you need to, we'll stop right now and just say a little quick prayer asking God's Holy Spirit to come with us here and help us hear and obey him. Just for a minute. Amen. I'll tell you, we cannot do anything righteous on our own initiative or our own power. The Bible tells us we don't even know how to pray as we should, but the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I pray and he helps me write my talk and rise above my sinful self where I am dead in sin. So I call this talk, So What? I really thought about talk, calling it Tell, tell Somebody. But on the last week that we had a Wednesday Lenten service, Pastor Gary had the youth as part of the service. And he told the story that down in the youth room, he had written these two words, so what? I went downstairs to see where he had written it. He's got a tablet down there that says, so what? And I thought that was interesting that he challenges his youth this way. Jesus we just, we just went through Easter. He suffered as a lamb going to slaughter and died for our sins. And so Gary asks, so what? What's that going to mean for us this many years later? So, so what does God want me to do about his sacrifice and with his sacrifice. I don't have any talent, so what can I do for his kingdom? I've come to realize that God's greatest people in the Bible have gone through something called the wilderness, a time for waiting on God, a time for patience, a time for trusting in God, a time for obedience, believing deeply and developing a loving relationship with him. You look back through the Bible, I think it started with Noah on the ark, 40 days and 40 nights of rain. And later, Abraham going off where God said he was going to lead him and going through many trials on his way to his promised land where he is finally in a blessed spot with with God. Moses running away from Egypt and for many years being a shepherd in Hebron and then being asked by a burning bush to go back and lead his people out of Egypt 40 years in the wilderness with the Hebrew nation. 40 days and 40 nights on Mount Sinai, learning God's uh, law. 
King David waiting many years to become king as Saul chased him and tried to kill him. And of course, Jesus' 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. The reason I bring that up is because at Easter, during the Lenten season, we take 40 days and 40 nights to add something to our lives or take something away from our lives and make more room for, for God. Did it bring you closer to God or was it a stumbling block? We've been isolated during a pandemic. Was it a time to think and seek God? Find his will? Become obedient? Prune our bad habits? Trust in God's plan? Do we cherish time with God or do we reject it? Lent is over. Jesus rose from the dead like he does every year. Are we just in a routine? Or are we going to rise from the dead ourselves and become a new person and a new spirit for him? So what does God want of me? So what is my life supposed to look like? Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. I've told many people about this book. It's by Mike Bickle. It's called The Seven Longings of the Human Heart. And in it, it tells us that God created us with longings in our heart, which are meant to lead us to him. But many times we get way Uh, off on the wayside and we are filling these longings with things that don't fulfill our time with God and maybe lead us to sin. But these are the longings that I've talked about in, in a past talk. The longing to be enjoyed by God, the longing for fascination, the longing for beauty, the longing for greatness, the longing for intimacy without shame, the longing to be wholehearted, and the longing to make a deep and lasting impact. I think we'd all like to make a deep and lasting impact with our lives. You know, it's not about how we look or how we dress or the car we drive or the house we live in or how well we keep our lawns. It's how we show Christ's love with our friends and family. Max Lucado described God's love as the Mediterranean Sea and our hearts as a Dixie cup. And he just keeps pouring and pouring his love into us. And as it overflows, we hope it flows out to other people. And I hope and pray that we reach other people that make a difference in their lives and create that deep and lasting impact. It is in God's design. We can make an impact on other people's lives and gain an eternal reward in heaven. Working together with Jesus to awaken someone's heart in love. It's essential to our emotional health. We become like a hero if we take a risk and save others, showing Christ's love with our words, actions, and our attitudes.
So what do we do? Pray. Read God's word and then put it into action. We don't have to do big things. God says, you were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Matthew 25, verse 21. Jesus was resurrected to heaven and he left 12 or so people to do and complete his work. Look at what their sharing has done. We pray every week, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We have to fulfill that calling. And in doing so, we inherit those wedding clothes to ultimately become the bride of Christ, sharing his throne and returning the love he pours on us so lavishly. So what will make a lasting impact in this world and for eternity? I'd like to read Matthew 25 verses. 31 through 40. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one another as the shepherd separates sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick and were in prison and come to you? The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it, to the least of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. We are given opportunities every day to be Christ's hands and feet in a needy world. I have a story that illustrates this verse that I just read. It's called Artaban, the Fourth Wise Man. And it's not a true story, but it could be true of each of us. And I just hope it helps make a memory and something that you can bring with you as you leave today. Artaban, like the other three wise men, also set out to follow the star. And he took with him a sapphire, a ruby, and a pearl beyond price as gifts for the king. 
He was riding hard to meet his three friends at the agreed meeting place. Time was short. They would leave without him if he were late. Suddenly he saw a dim figure on the ground before him. It was a traveler stricken with fever. If he stopped and stayed, he would be too late to meet his friends. But magis were physicians as well as astrologers. He did stop and poured a simple but potent remedy through the man's colorless lips until at last the man's strength returned. And in stopping, he missed his fellow magis and he was alone. He needed camels and bearers to help him cross the desert because he had missed his friends and their caravan. He had to sell his sapphire to buy provisions because he had stopped to help the stricken traveler. And he was sad that the king would never have his beautiful gift. So he journeyed alone and in due course came to Palestine and then to Bethlehem. But again he was too late. Joseph and Mary and the toddler had gone. Then there came the soldiers to carry out Herod's command that the children should be slain. Artaban was lodging in a house where there was a small child. There was a hard knock at the door by the soldiers. The weeping and shrieking of stricken mothers could be heard in the streets. Artaban went out, stood in the doorway, tall and dark. He had the ruby. When the captain came, Artaban bribed him not to enter. The child was saved. The mother overjoyed, but the ruby was gone. And now Artaban was sad. The king would never have his ruby now. For years, Artaban searched place to place, beginning in Egypt, In searching, he saw hunger, famine, plague-stricken cities. He found none to worship, but plenty to help. He fed the hungry, clothed the naked, healed the sick. Years went by swiftly, leaving behind a pattern of love and compassion. Thirty-three years of Artaban's life passed away, searching for the king. His hair was now white as wintry snow. Worn and weary, he came for the last time to Jerusalem. He had come many times before looking for the family of Nazarenes who had fled from Bethlehem long ago. Upon entering the city, he saw a group of men going to Golgotha outside the city walls where two famous robbers were to be crucified with another, Jesus of Nazareth, a man who had done many wonderful works among his people. But the priests and elders said he had to be put to death because he named himself as the son of God. Artaban's heart beat quickly. Could this be the same one who had been born in Bethlehem 33 years before? Could it be that his last pearl could be just in time to offer a ransom for his life? Then down the street came a girl fleeing from a band of soldiers. My father is in debt, she cried. They are taking me to sell me as a slave to pay his debt. Help me. Artaban hesitated. 
it was the same conflict in his soul which had come to him with the man stricken with fever and at the cottage in Bethlehem. The conflict between the expectation of, and the impulse of love, the conflict between the gift he hoped to offer the king and the need right before his eyes. He took the pearl from his coat. Never had it seemed so luminous, radiant, full of tender luster. He took one last look at it and laid it in the hands of the young girl. This is your ransom daughter. This is the last of my treasures which I have kept for the king. As he spoke, darkness of the sky thickened and shuddering tremors ran through the earth. Stones loosened and crashed into the street. Artaban and the girl whom he had ransomed, ransomed crouched helplessly vulnerable. A heavy tile shaken from the roof fell and struck the old man on the head. He lay breathless and pale, with his white head resting on the young girl's shoulder. As she bent over him, a sound came through the twilight, small and still, like music, sounding from a distance. The old old man's lips began to move, as if in answer. Clearly, he had heard words. And she heard him say in Parthian tongue, Not so, my lord, for when did I see you hungry and feed you? or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did I see you sick in prison and come to you? Thirty-three years I have looked for you, but have never seen your face. I've never ministered to you, my king. The girl heard the sweet sound again, but now it seemed as though she too heard the voice. Verily I say to you, whatsoever you do to the least of my children you do unto me and Artaban smiled in death knowing that the king had received each of his gifts Jesus came up and spoke to his disciples, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Jesus turned our world upside down, St. Francis's prayer ends it well. For it is in giving that we receive, and it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. I always do this. I lose the... um, my uh, bulletin. Will you please stand as we...